This is a Rooster Teeth production. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode two of Wrestling with the Week, a sidewalk slam of the last seven days. I'm James Willems, joined by Scorpio Sky. James, what a week. Episode two, like you said, we are back. Mm-hmm. We haven't been canceled already. So yeah. it's a pretty good start. I think we're I doing re- I think we're doing really great. I'm really excited about it. I'm excited for you saying what a week because when we get to episode 500 you're going to be like what a week. Like and it's I just want to see we should someone should start documenting now the drop in that momentum there. <laughs> well, if we go back to um my worst town, if it's anything like that, it will mm-hmm. elevate because if you go back to those original BTE segments, mm-hmm. it started out with me just saying this is the worst town I've ever been in. And then eventually, as it got over, it turned to, this is the worst. You know, and it just elevates yeah. and elevates. So the goal eventually is when we have uh, big crowds again in AEW, if I can see signs in the audience that say, what a week. That would that would be really Oh, cool. my gosh. That would be awesome. Well, I mean, speaking of Wrestling with the Week, the show that you guys are watching right now, we are in episode two. I want to I wanna ask you kind of just, you know, we... I looked at some audience feedback. I don't know. I got some tweets, some some things that I really were excited to see, like um, mostly people telling me not a huge wrestling fan, really enjoyed the show, might start watching wrestling. That's that's my favorite other one. And then the other one was wrestling fan. I'm so glad that this was a show about more than just wrestling. Those are like the two best pieces of feedback that I got. I, I don't know. What did you see? Yeah, I thought that was great. I saw some of that as well. Uh, I had friends reach out to me and say they really enjoyed the show. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't expect President Biden to mention it in his inauguration speech. I thought that was super cool. I know he's a big listener, but um, yeah. yeah, just tons of positive feedback and it reinforced uh, what we're doing and it's exciting to keep going and I can't wait to disappoint them all. <laughs> you couldn't disappoint Biden, okay? He, listen, after that letter he wrote us, I don't think there's any way that he could he could back out from this show. Um, speaking of keeping things going, Sky, you are currently on the road right now. I am. I'm in Jacksonville. Uh, this is our first official episode while I'm on the road, mm-hmm. uh, so I'm not I'm not home in the comfort of my my little nook with my PlayStation nearby. I'm. I'm out. I'm I'm hustling out here, Jacksonville, because we uh we're we're here for dynamite. So so kind of I guess what's that like? I mean, my in my own small world, I'm curious what it's like in the context of making this show, uh, wrestling with the week. But I'm also just curious, you know, what it's kind of like for you. Like how, what are kind of the precautions of the things that you're taking while you get while you're traveling, and like how long are you there? Are you staying there for a while? Like what, what's what's going on? So when I am uh, traveling, traveling during the pandemic in general is is different. But uh, fortunately, I, I have to give I have to take my hat off to all elite wrestling. They really do take a lot of precautions with our safety in the sense of myself. I actually test before I leave home. Uh, they provide me with a test, and then everyone that comes to the town that we're filming in um, also has to test. 
So, uh, you know, and, and you have to test, obviously, that's aside from the temperature checks that you take every day and, and things of that nature. And sometimes we're here a couple of days and sometimes we could be here up to 10 days if uh, we're doing multiple TVs and pay-per-view. Uh, and we are kind of in like a little bubble where similar to what the NBA did, not as extreme uh, for, with last season, but we, we are in our own little bubble and, and they take care of us and make sure that we're safe. Uh, I fly Delta and mm -hmm. they aren't doing middle seats. And if you're in first class, if you get like, you know, upgraded or something, then, you know, you're only, you're by yourself. So that helps. They try to, you know, do physical distancing and, and you just do the best you can. And, but there's challenges and, you know, I'm just really happy that I'm still able to do what I love to do. Yeah. I, I'm just curious, just again, for kind of my own curiosity, uh, what, how does this compare to the way you used to travel for wrestling shows before all of this kind of started is this like i mean obviously it's not better because the world is worse but is it like do you honestly maybe find it more comfortable or or anything like that so i i don't want to ever you know make it look like i'm finding any positives of the pandemic but i mean if mm -hmm. you if you try to look at things glass half full um i do like uh not having middle seats <laughs> on mm -hmm. flights filled you know i mean it's, it is kind of nice to have that elbow room and have a little bit of distance between you and the other person. Um, you know, obviously, you know, again, there are, it's challenges. There are a lot of challenges. Um, but again, being able to do what I love to do still, you know, I know so many people lost their jobs tragically mm -hmm. last year and, uh, and it's really sad and, and my heart goes out to them. And, and I'm just a very fortunate person that I'm still able to, uh, travel and, and, and do, you know, compete in this wrestling, crazy wrestling business. And, um, it's, it's truly, uh, something that I don't take for granted. That's, that's, that's awesome. I, I mean, well, talking about you working this wrestling business, can we chat a little bit about your match on uh, dark that took place with, uh, Nick Comorado? Yeah. Who very... gave Moxley all he could take, right? Did you see that? Yeah. Yes. Yes. I mean, it, not just Moxley, you know, you, I, yeah. I, 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 you can, you can tell us kind of a more intimate play by play of that match you had with him. But, uh, there was some points there where I was watching it. I was going like, take it some, take it some damage on. <laughs> he did a number on my back. Um, mm -hmm. uh, a lot of people have been doing that lately, actually. But yeah, what's the deal? Why do you think that, people are targeting your, your back? Cause I'm. They know I can carry everything. I can carry the load. That's why. Yeah. Okay. Good. good, good. Um, not only that, I actually tweaked my knee in that match pretty badly. Um, mm -hmm. So I'm actually not wrestling this week. Um, I'm supposed to have a little bit of time off to heal that. Uh, so mm -hmm. we don't, you know, just as a precaution to make sure nothing worse happens. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he's a big, tough, strong guy. Um, He's got a, a pretty good amount of experience. He's been uh, around, you know, this isn't his first rodeo, as they say. Mm -hmm. And I think he's he's got a future, you know, especially if you get uh, time to go on Dynamite and you wrestle the former world champion, Moxley, who, in my opinion, is still one of the top wrestlers in the world, whether he's a champion or not, and uh, be competitive against him, then that's, that, you know, that's throwing your name in the hat. And now, you know, I think a lot of people are going to be talking about him. Yeah, for sure. He was, it was just scary to look at. I was scared for you. I knew you were going to pull yeah. it off, but I was scared for you. It, you know, like it's, 
imagine just driving down the road and then you're about to cross the bridge and a troll comes out from in, underneath the bridge and asks you three questions and then also breaks your back. Like that's kind of that's kind of how he played for me. Um, I'm just glad yeah. he didn't smell. He kind of looked like he might like you know. Yeah. Smell, you know, but he, he didn't smell. Good. He actually was quite quite delightful. How how awesome, How often do you feel like it's a situation where you're getting into a match with someone and then you're like, think, you're not so much thinking about what they're going to do to your body, but what they're going to do to your nose. What is the average smell like for a professional wrestler? I guess is where I'm getting at. <laughs> Most uh, wrestlers smell pretty fine. They're pretty, pretty good. good. Um, or not mm-hmm. good, but like just not bad. You know, mm-hmm. um, I, I will actually say this, like Frankie Kazarian, my partner, he, He's he's definitely someone that that takes it very serious. He always smells good, going mm-hmm. into matches, coming out of matches. He's very conscious of that, so that's appreciative. And you know, some guys they'll actually spray cologne. I've done it before. Usually, mm-hmm. I smell like hot stuff, which is this okay. like this uh, like type oil you spray on yourself, and it's almost like an icy hot, but mm-hmm. it, it it brings blood to your surface, and and it's supposed to make you look more vascular. Although I don't really feel like it works that well for me. For me, okay. I, I think I look about the same, me. but yeah, hot stuff. Look it up. It's good. Okay, I, will, I absolutely will look up. Hold on, I'm Googling hot stuff. It's just pictures of James Willems? Weird. <laughs> or um, Eddie Gilbert. You'll have to give me more specific. Yeah, yeah. Oh. I, I think that's that's so funny to me because you think about, you think about like, let's let's go back to like, 80s wrestling and kind of like the like you know when it's regions and stuff and you hear these stories about these like big bruisers in the locker rooms who want to make examples out of other wrestlers and so you know they'll hide something in their in their wrist tape or whatever and then like in the middle of the match it's like oh okay you, you like hit me with something really hard there or like you cracked my sternum um or something like that and oh you showed me uh, old guy it's funny to think that now we're in the phase where people are like, you know what? I want to make sure I smell good for this for this match. You know, like <laughs> the business has changed. I, I never understood like the mean spirited ribs, like mm-hmm. you know, like the the practical jokes they would play on on each other. Like, but like I, I get practical jokes. That's cool. But like some of them were like really mean spirited, and it's almost mm-hmm. to the point where I, I almost feel like I don't believe they actually happened. You know, like yeah. you'll have all these old timers and they'll tell stories of like. Yeah, yeah, he wanted to go home five minutes early, so I, I cut the brakes on his car. Like, wait, what? <laughs> what, what did you like? What? You, what? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. I think Ric Flair has, uh, I think it's Ric Flair has some story about like a young guy, and I don't know what he did, but they just uh, left him on the side of the road and they said they never saw him again. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Which I don't believe at all, but yeah, yeah it's a fun story to tell. Yeah, you can't disprove it. Speaking of fun stories, we're going to talk a little bit more about AEW and some uh, major events in Dynamite later on the show. But I want to kind of just jump ahead to the news because we got a couple wacky news stories. This is some. This is something that I really like to do is kind of just bring some wacky news stories to the table. Last week we talked about someone who really wanted their cat back. This week I want to talk about the first dinosaur butthole. We found it. Yeah, in the <laughs> AEW locker room. Zling! Oh, yeah. no, sorry, Luchasaurus. <laughs> God, Luchasaurus is so big. So He's a big guy. So big. Um, Jurassic. Yeah, Jurassic is what we're is what we're calling this. Uh the first dinosaur butthole ever discovered. 
Um, I'm not even, I'm not there. So there it is. We, if you don't, if you can see the video version of this podcast, we're showing you some imagery from, uh, livescience.com. We got, uh, they basically found it. It was preserved. You know, I, I don't, I'm not a science guy, no Bill Nye, but I know that if you leave an impression in like wet mud or something, it can like solidify. And then that basically becomes as good as fossils. That's how we have like plant fossils and stuff like that. But I guess this is the first example of a dinosaur butthole fossil, which means it must have squatted its butt into some wet mud <laughs> that was then covered by lava. I don't know. That um, kind of sounds comforting, actually. I just, the thing that some shocked nice, me. Cool mud, you know? Oh, yeah. That's the, wrong, well, you the know, dinosaur might have ate the wrong thing, you know, maybe some bad Wendy's or something, and just like, oh, God. It's yeah, all yeah. Cool mud. <laughs> I, I just. I feel like I'm I'm a bidet advocate. Okay, you are. I am team team bidet. Okay, and so if this is the earliest form, the earliest recorded form of some sort of living creature using a bidet, I guess they're just sitting squatting in a river would probably be. But documented by science is this is a dinosaur who is showing us the best way is cool mud, putting your butt in cool mud. I'm just I can't believe this is the first one that we found, and I can't believe that all that pornography on the internet like rule 34 stuff has been just an assumption an ass umption is what we've been getting i don't know this whole thing is is strange to me uh mm -hmm. the, the the whole like if you read a headline just going back to the beginning of finding a a, a dinosaur butthole it just mm -hmm. doesn't sound real to me. It's like, when, yeah. it's just like, well, that's good. That's a joke for sure. Nobody's yeah. finding a dinosaur butthole, but they found a dinosaur butthole. So, yeah, I don't know that that one's. I'm gonna keep scrolling. I'm tagging out on that one. You're tagging out. Okay, well, you can tag out. I'm just gonna do one last read from a quote, which is one of the scientists who was working on it um, that said, "Then I got a chance to look at the specimen again." up close and suddenly realized, oh my God, the cloaca is actually quite well preserved and we can actually see some anatomy that I didn't think we could see. And then it goes on to say, so then he took a closer look. I just like the idea of this guy getting closer and closer to a dinosaur's butthole. How close can he get? <laughs> Big pop. I love this guy. <laughs> I, don't know who he is. I love him. <laughs> He's the best. Best scientist. He's doing, he's doing uh, God's work. Finally, we're getting to make some progress. Um, all right. <laughs> I want to I want to talk about I want to talk about kind of how you pass the time on the road or the things that you watch. Um we uh I want to mention Cobra Kai cuz I noticed your shirt. Yeah, okay. I don't know if this is going to be something we do regularly, but a full discussion based off what you are wearing. And so, you got Mr. Miyagi on your shirt. Are you watching Cobra Kai? I have finished it. Have you have you been watching? You've been following? I am on like see, I'm season 2 like episode 8 or something. So I haven't watched season three yet. Okay. You, yeah. uh, so I, 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 I'm a big Karate Kid fan growing up, met like, many, like many others. Uh, I love the callbacks to the original Karate Kid that this series mm -hmm. has done. I, I watched it from the beginning back when it was like on YouTube Red or whatever. And mm -hmm. I'm so happy that it's on Netflix now. And uh, I just finished, I, I watched, because uh, season three started at the beginning of the year, I had to hold myself strong to not watching all of it in one day. So I, I held myself to two episodes a day. I love it. And mm -hmm. I, I don't want to spoil anything, but it's, it's great. So when you get there, we'll, we'll just have to talk about it. We'll enjoy it. We've got plenty of time to, to go through it, but 
absolutely love it. And bringing back all the old characters, the original characters, they all look great. Mm-hmm. The yep. storytelling is fantastic. Uh, I'm I'm all in on it. It it's it's a very interesting show because it it relies very heavily on all of the characterizations that came in the previous movies, right? So I mean, I guess like one, two, and three are, as far as I'm aware, the only ones that have are really acknowledged for the basis of the show. Um, but then it does a pretty good job of creating new lore for itself with like the new characters and stuff. Like Miguel is like. Miguel's one of my favorite Karate Kid characters, which is a weird thing to say, um, and and he's great. I you don't have to tell me, but are does season three do we get any Terry Silver? Oh, so uh, I I, oh, I don't want to tell you anything. Welcome to the Inside I'm, Karate I, Kid I, podcast. <laughs> I, I I don't want to ruin anything. I I will tell. Okay. I will say this: that season three is strongly played off of the Karate Kid 2. Okay. Gotcha. Uh, that's the only thing I'll say. So uh, I, I think you've already answered my question. I was going to ask you, are you Team Miguel or Team Robbie? Robbie is his name, right? Robbie, yeah. Yeah, are you Team Miguel? I, I'm Team... I'm, yeah, I think I'm Team Miguel. Um, you know, obviously, the, I, I'm not entirely Miyagi-Do, though, because I don't know that I necessarily agree with all those life philosophies. Um, but, uh, I don't, hold on, Eric, I can see Eric, our producer, Eric, he's laughing right now. <laughs> Eric, what's, what's the situation? I, you just, you talking about how you don't agree with the life philosophies of Miyagi-Do is like. Not all of the life philosophies of Miyagi-Do. Of the good guys? Okay. Like. Well, the line that, is very blurred. Yeah. That's the thing about this series is, is. You know, the old movies, Miyagi-Do was the clear good guys and uh, mm-hmm. Cobra Kai were the bad guys. But now it's like it kind of flops, it goes flip-flops. It goes back and forth. It's, it's more like life. It's shades of gray and perspectives. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I would also clarify that I, maybe maybe my where I'm at in the show, I'm not entirely sure if Daniel, who is now the, the master of Miyagi-Do and is the one teaching Miyagi-Do, is truly living up to what I think Miyagi would have done in the situation. I don't, I don't know if he is as wise. He seems way more brash and still, still very much the um, uh, emotional Daniel son that he was before. Eric thoughts. Uh, yeah, guys, I'm a, I'm, I'm all four shades of gray, but I'm more of a heels and faces guy myself. I'm just looking for if, you know, you could just point out and let me know who, uh, who the good guys, who the bad guys, mm-hmm. and then I, I can get yeah. right on board there. But if you start painting a picture with different shades, I'm I'm getting lost. So uh, there was one last thing that I will I do want to say about this since we are on the subject is I heard there is a Pat Morita uh, Mr. Miyagi documentary coming out. I don't know what it's on. I don't know when it's coming out, but just the stuff I've heard about it, it sounds fantastic. Uh, and I'll just give you one little example. I heard the something along the lines that there was a problem when he was a kid and he had to have like cast, he had like a full cast in his lower body or something. And that's why he was so short and just, it goes through his entire life and it sounds extremely interesting. He started out as a comedian. Mm-hmm. So something that people can look for, maybe we can talk about it later on the show. Um, yeah. incredibly happy with Cobra Kai. I'm glad they brought some things like that. I want to see more shows from my childhood and movies come back. Like I was a huge fan of uh, the wonder years and, uh, mm-hmm. quantum leap. I'm not sure if you're familiar with those. Oh yeah. Did you watch yep. those? Absolutely. 
Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't Quantum watch Leap as much underrated? Quantum Leap, but oh. I didn't I didn't watch a ton of it. But I I I would always watch the intro, and then I'd be like, all right, where is he gonna go? And if he was in a situation that was cool, then I would watch the episode. But it, if it was like, oh no, he's uh he's a maitre d on a cruise ship, I'd be like, eh. you know, like <laughs> <laughs> like pass on that one. For those that don't know what Quantum Leap is, we said it on the last episode. You you have to watch this show or listen to this show with Wikipedia open. Uh, there was a show I believe in the late '90s mm-hmm. uh, or excuse me, late '80s, early '90s called Quantum Leap, and basically there were scientists that created a time machine, and you can jump in, you guys, if I'm ever uh, explaining this incorrectly. They created a time machine uh, where you can you can go back into the past, but it, it always seemed to be somewhere between the 60s and 80s, by the way. It, so they didn't mm-hmm. go back that far. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you didn't travel, example, if I was the main person, I wouldn't travel as myself. I would mm-hmm. leap into someone else's body. So like maybe I would be James's grandfather, and mm-hmm. uh, I see myself, but everyone else around me sees James's grandfather. And I have to figure out what's going on in his life and fix it in order for me to mm-hmm. leap to the next person in the next year. So it's a mm-hmm. it's an interesting take on time travel, and it's a lot of fun, well, usually, unless he's a maitre d' on yeah. a cruise ship. But I loved it. <laughs> uh, that was good. That was such a beautiful cocaine-fueled era in television. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, like you would basically just go into a studio's office and then if you could get them to snap out of their, their wide eyed, they've been up for 14 days kind of stupor, then, then you got a show. And that's how it's like, it's a guy, he time travels, but he doesn't time travel. He he just time travels into the body of other people as to solve their problems. Sometimes he's on a cruise ship and they're like, boom, sold. And it was like, uh, it's a little girl but she's a robot sold like, it's like every <laughs> single show was just a nonsense show. Is that a Vicky uh, reference? I think it was. was yeah, I don't even know. Yeah. Like she's a small wonder. <laughs> wow. Wow. Okay. I, I may, I can make the reference, but I can't sing the theme song. Neither can uh, I. <laughs> okay. You know, that credit card, uh, the one that you might be a little afraid to look at what the balance is. Uh, If you've been avoiding your debt, it's time to confront it. Upstart can help you face it and finally pay it off. Upstart is the fast and easy way to get a personal loan to pay off your debt all online. Whether it's paying off credit cards, consolidating high interest debt, or funding personal expenses, over a half million people have used Upstart to get a simple fixed monthly payment. Upstart finds smarter rates with trusted partners because they amass more than just your credit score. Uh, With a five-minute online rate check, you can see your rate upfront for loans from $1,000 to $50,000. You can get approved same day and can receive funds as fast as one business day. If debt is taking over your life, it's time to get a fresh start with Upstart. Find out how Upstart can lower your monthly payments today when you go to upstart.com slash week. That's upstart.com slash W-E-E-K. Don't forget to use the URL and let them know we sent you. Loan amounts will be determined based off your credit, income, and certain other information provided in your loan application. Go to upstart.com slash week to get started. Okay, Sky, you need to, you need to, I think we've maybe completely ruined any sort of credentials we may have for being cool. So I want you to talk about, I want you to get back on track with being cool. Let's talk about shoes. Ooh, okay. All right. Let's start with you. Get anything new? No, absolutely not. Um, <laughs> I haven't. I thought about getting shoes the other day, 
and I didn't What'd do it because getting? I'm not really going anywhere. But again, you've also pointed out to me that that's not why people have shoes. Where I guess I don't I don't even know where to start. Where would I go to get shoes? Because I saw the the inauguration was this week, and there were some Jordan ones, Christian Dior Jordan ones. Um, yes. Worn at the inauguration. Fresh. Do you see those? Look at those. Okay. I. Okay. They look great. But are these new? The new are these new shoes? (laughs) Completely not knowing anything. That pretend I am a wrestling with the week first time viewer. I don't even have Wikipedia open. Those are the Christian Dior Air Jordans. They were a very limited release. Uh, if you are just a casual shoe buyer, you probably have to pay up to ten to fifteen thousand dollars for those shoes. Uh, this is a relative of Kamala Harris, uh, I believe, and so they may mm-hmm. have got them for free. I'm not too sure. I, I mm. saw a tweet about it where they were like, "He's handling two kids. I'd be wearing sneakers too." <laughs> mm-hmm. So I thought that yeah, was yeah. funny. Um, and then also uh, there was someone else. Uh, at the inauguration that wore some Jordans, which I thought was uh, really, really cool. And um, mm-hmm. it just kind of shows you that that sneakers are, they're becoming so much more acceptable in culture and fashion. It's not just like, oh, I'm running to the store. I can throw a pair of sneakers on. Like it's a fashion statement mm-hmm. now, especially uh, certain brands. And, you know, hey, man, I think you should get on board. I think, yeah. What, I'm, you I'm, never told me what you were thinking about even buying. Oh, I don't know. I mean, I don't know where to, you told me to get a nice, this was one of the, the, our previous test episodes. You said, I just need a nice pair of white shoes. And mm-hmm. so I don't know what, I don't know where to start brand wise, but like, that's what I was like, oh, maybe the other day I was thinking, maybe I should just surf around and just, and then I can show up with a nice pair of clean white shoes. Um, so I, I'm, st- I'm still looking. I don't know if there's a place, the best places to look. I'm not trying to spend $15,000 on no. Christian Dior, but no. Do you like Adidas? Yeah, I do. Maybe it's just a pair of some white Stan Smith Adidas. Those are very casual. And, okay. uh, you know, I think they're very easy to wear with almost anything. Mm-hmm. And, uh, they're not stepping outside the box too much so maybe look into those and they're not expensive either i want to say somewhere in the 90 to 100 dollars range maybe even less and you can just buy them online or or any you know store any shoe store should have them i think this is Uh, what we should do okay Uh, listeners watchers go to wwtwpod the Mm -hmm. instagram account for wrestling with the week and Mm -hmm. leave a comment on what james should get some shoe recommendations just like we did mm-hmm. with video game recommendations for me and I, I did see those and thank you so much for sending them uh let's get some shoe recommendations wwtw pod uh let us know what he should be rocking yeah show me some shoes show show me what you, we maybe we can put up like a side by side of different options and one of them's gonna have a street fighter character for sure um but you guys can let us know which shoes i should buy uh, <laughs> i think now, i mean you were you, I was just real quick. You were talking about how it's cool to see stuff like that, and it kind of legitimizes it. You see it at like a major uh, event, like the inauguration. Mm-hmm. Um, in my opinion, I, you know, you think about classic shoes. Pen, I don't know, penny loafers is the right term, but like really nice dress shoes or something like that. The only reason they're kind of in that position is because of the the attention to detail that's gone into like the manufacturing of those shoes and like the design of those shoes. And it really doesn't matter if it's sneakers or, 
or Crocs, in my opinion. Like, it, as long as it's not made and thrown in a bucket with thousands of other duplicates or tens of thousands of other duplicates, like, there's an intention behind it. Like, it makes it doesn't matter if it's a sneaker or whatever. Like, I think yeah. the same craftsmanship has gone into it. It's just it's not a hundred years ago, you know. You're right. I I mean, I think just wear what's comfortable, wear what you like, and don't shop for price or for brand either. You know, uh, mm-hmm. you don't have to spend hundreds of dollars on shoes. I have a pair of, or a couple of pairs of just plain white sneakers that I got from like H&M that were $30 or I got from uh, Zara that were, you know, and that's, if mm-hmm. you want that look, then, you know, why spend a hundred dollars when you can spend 30 or whatever it is? Like mm-hmm. um, you can probably find them at like Goodwill and stuff like that. Like it, it's not about the price and it's not about the brand. And, and it's not even, again, like, like you're saying, it doesn't even have to be sneakers if you're comfortable in whatever. I mean, if you want to put trash bags on <laughs> your feet, draw a Nike mm-hmm. swoosh on there and roll with it, bro. Like that's all you got to mm-hmm. do, yeah. you know, like it's, uh, you know, when I was younger, I couldn't afford like dope shoes. So, I was all about mm-hmm. the whatever the cheap sneakers like. That's why I like Shaq. Shaq had sneakers out that were like thirty bucks or something, which was great. Mm-hmm. You know, I could throw on a pair of Shaquille O'Neal sneakers and and all good. And, and speaking of Shaquille O'Neal, I want to segue a little bit here. Yeah, do it. I want to uh, go to Sky's NBA corner because I got something to ask you. Okay, great. On the last episode of Wrestling of the Week, we talked about James Harden being traded from the Houston Mm -hmm. Rockets to the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, He Mm -hmm. made his debut with the Brooklyn Nets successfully. They won the game. He had a triple-double. He looked great. But I want to ask you about something else. Okay. Did James Harden put on a fat suit or something to help himself get traded? I want to show you this image. (laughs) This is James Harden when he played on the Houston Rockets. Professional athlete. Professional NBA superstar. Yeah. Okay, this is that, right before he got traded. Now, okay. the next image I'm going to show you is no more than one week at the most later okay. <laughs> on the Brooklyn Nets. Hmm. Did he fake fat? <laughs> I, you know what? I've seen uh, enough Christian Bale movies to know that it's possible, um, but very difficult to do. That looks like he wore a fat suit. <laughs> Let's put those. Can yeah. we put those images side by side or something? I, Are we able to do that? I would that? love to see them side by side. But hold on. I Not not necessarily knowing the inner, inner workings of the NBA uh, player trade system. How, how would him wearing a fat suit on his last day with the team help him get traded? Like... So this is what I'm thinking. Because I read okay. a report right before he was traded that... Mm-hmm. The Houston Rockets are confident James Harden will finish out the season and then get traded, right? So mm-hmm. I'm I'm wondering, like, is he like, oh, I'm just going to let make these people think that I'm out of shape and I don't care anymore, so they just get rid of me. Gotcha. <laughs> and then, yeah, you yeah. know, a couple of days later, he's looking lean and strong and in fantastic <laughs> shape. He looks like it, Rick Ross in one picture. <laughs> like, look yeah. At this. <laughs> but this who's is like he, a week who, apart at the most. Who is he fooling though? Like maybe NBA players have locker rooms. It's not like they just show up. Like it's not like they just get out of a limousine and then roll onto the court. So like, like I mean, what? Where's the? Who is he tricking? With? I mean, I love it. I love it, and I want more of this personally. I mean, as a wrestling fan, I want more uh, bombasticness, fanfare in my in all of my sports. But I just don't understand who this is for. 
I don't know, man. I just needed to ask you, you know, this is yeah. this is me trying to draw you into the sport because wacky I, things happen sometimes. I James Harden so. shed 30 pounds in a couple of days just by moving from the city of Houston to Brooklyn. So mm -hmm. maybe that's something people can do out there. Like, why go on Weight Watchers? Just move to Brooklyn. I was going to say, <laughs> Brooklyn is a much more walkable city. You know, ah, so you think man. about that. Houston, <laughs> you're going to be in a car probably commuting or what have you. But no, Brooklyn's Brooklyn's much more walkable. So maybe that was that. <laughs> that is absurd. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's so, crazy. Uh, let's let's move on from that. And then, mm -hmm. like, I want to, uh, I you know, I, I asked a moment ago, I, I said thank you to everyone that sent me suggestions on things to play. And uh, I did take note of those suggestions. And mm -hmm. um, I'm curious... Like what's going on in your gaming world? Like what are you playing? Uh, like any any updates on like what's happening? I haven't. I mean, I haven't made a ton of the thing. The thing about video games for me sometimes is I I tend to slow burn a lot of stuff. So I mean, obviously for work, um, for Funhouse, the gaming channel, gaming comedy channel that I work on, like I'm playing games every single day. So uh, there's not a week goes by that I don't play Grand Theft Auto. It's just part of the job um so i obviously get to play a ton of games and that's super fun um but in terms of like new unique ones i i don't want to scare you off <laughs> i don't the problem is i don't want to scare you off with the games that i'm playing and then you think those are the only games you can play it's not the case um but i'll, I'll start with some of the games i'm playing and then also some people messaged me and they were like oh you should you should suggest this to sky so i'll toss those out to you as well um but uh, I've been playing a lot on my Switch, my Nintendo Switch, which I would love, I would love to get you to the point where you're playing games on Switch, because that means you want to play games. That means you can't, you're like, you can't even get to the toilet and back without feeling like you can play a video game. Um, <laughs> that's what I want for you. Um, so I've been playing games on my Switch, um, and there's this game, there's this game called Wonderful 101, and and again, this is this is the farthest end of the spectrum. You're not going to get here probably anytime soon. And then we'll go to another one. But um, I've been playing Wonderful 101, which is a game where you play as a group of superheroes. OK, cool. Right. And I'm you're going you, through I'm the city you. and you're fighting robots. I mean, it's basically Power Rangers. There's literally transformation sequence. This is when they go boom and they turn and go red. And then the red superhero turns into a red superhero. But it would be too normal if it was just that, walking around fighting Putty Patrol or whatever. The premise of the game is that the group of superheroes isn't five or six. There's a hundred of them. And you control all 100 all at the same time. And the at the way same you, time? At the same time. So it's basically, you just see like the city street and then there's just a herd of characters going around everywhere and so like if you press right the group will move right if you press up down they'll move they'll move in that direction right but then the way you fight you're basically fighting like ants so they have transformation powers and it, you have to draw shapes so if you you're like all right we're gonna use red power you draw a circle with the controller and then all the people on your team, the heroes form a circle and then they create a fist. It transforms into a fist. And then you, you, so you're basically like, imagine you're controlling like a bunch of ants and forming shapes. And then you use those shapes to fight things. And then of course, you know, certain bad guys can only be punched. Certain bad guys can only be chopped. And then, so you're 
constantly changing shapes into different things. You can form a gun. So you like turn into a giant bazooka and then you're firing your own men at the bad guys to do stuff. <laughs> so it's it's a wacky game. It's pretty weird. It's from several years ago, but it was recently uh, brought back into the Switch. And so uh, it's... What is that it's called again? Wonderful 101. Wonderful 101. Wonderful 101. It, and it again, sounds cool. It sounds cool. You should not even touch it. Don't touch it with a 10-foot pole right now. You're not ready for this game. <laughs> um it's just a little even me i play games every single day even even i have been going this is this is a little tough for me i don't know what to do with these situations i'm a little confused um but then on the flip side of that some people messaged me and they said you know if you haven't played it you should ask sky to play you know nba jam we've talked about nba jam Yes, but definitely. like NFL Blitz, like all of these like hyped up like sports games that are still very much video games. I don't know how many of those you played growing up, um, but like there's some really fun games like that that we could try. Yeah, I'd be interested in that. Um, you know, I, I did tell you I downloaded, uh, I purchased Madden 21. The cool mm-hmm. thing is, uh, you know, the, the, we've had the playoffs, the NFL playoffs going on, and that's always interesting, but... Because uh, maybe because I was playing Madden, I found myself more interested in the playoffs because, mm-hmm. you know, it's like I, I want to see these players. I want to learn these players. I want to see these plays run so I can do better in the game. And I'll tell you where I'm at. Uh, um, this is how deep I'm getting in the weeds when it comes to NBA 2K is we I'm, I control the Lakers, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, we won the NBA championship, uh, and I'm currently in the, or I just finished the 2020, 2021 season. We defeated okay. the Brooklyn Nets in the, in the finals. They did not have, uh, James Harden. Mm-hmm. I have been doing a slow burn through my off season. I mean, I took my time over days with the draft, with mm-hmm. free agency. Uh, and I, and I was just like, okay. Friday, I'm going to do the draft. Saturday is going to be the opening of free agency. Sunday will be summer league. <laughs> like I'm just mm-hmm. like really yeah, just yeah. drag it out. I have not played an actual season game in a week. I'm really excited. Actually, by the time this airs, I will have played my season opener. Hopefully, I got a win. Still making roster moves. Uh, uh-huh. I'm very deep in the weeds, but I and like I said, I, I make moves for my other teams now too. Like uh, not my teams, but the the CPU control teams. I've gone through, I've edited the tendencies of all the main players so they play more closely to the way they play in real life. I'm deep, man. I'm Mm. in this. (laughs) I'm like, I'm deep in the weeds. You're one step away from being a DM for a a D&D game. Just so you know. Like, Mm. you you just need to change point guard to warlock and then you're good to go. You're ready to start doing this. I don't know if you you ever thought that you would have that tendency, but I think if you can handle this, you could easily handle that. Shout out to Brandon Cutler, D and D. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Do you have you ever lost a season? Have the Lakers ever lost the championship under your under your control? Yes, I had okay. a six game series against the of all teams, the Boston Celtics. Wow, once, and we lost. <laughs> we lost in six. It was a crazy series because we played. Uh, our first two, we had home court advantage. So our first two games were at home. I lost both of them. We mm-hmm. went to Boston for two games. I won both of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we went back to LA, had that game in the bag until maybe a minute or two left in the fourth quarter, and they just took over. 
stole mm-hmm. that game from me. Then we went to Boston <laughs> for game six and they they beat me in. So I was I was legitimately hurt. Like it the the fact that it was the Celtics, the mm-hmm. fact that I lost. Um yep. and then there's other times I've lost before getting to the finals. I, I played the uh Minnesota Timberwolves once in the second round of the playoffs. And this is what I'm sure fans are insanely interested in this, by the way, but <laughs> you'd be surprised. <laughs> I'm hanging. I'm on edge of my seat. This is where I made a mistake. There's okay. seven game series. Mm-hmm. So I played the first game. This is back before I played every game in the playoffs and that sort of thing. So I played the first game. Mm-hmm. I was like, hey, okay, cool. Um, you know, and then I, I won. And so I think I simulated the second game, won that mm-hmm. one, simulated the third game, lost, simulated the fourth game, lost, simulated the fifth game one, simulated the sixth game lost. So I'm like, oh, crap. So this is like a seven-game series. So I was like, mm-hmm. I'll play game seven. Now, granted, I only played one of these first six games. Yeah, I played game seven. It was close all the way down to the wire. It came down to a buzzer beater three-point shot by Carl Anthony Towns, and they eliminated me. And I was, I was shook. I was shocked. This is when I first started <laughs> playing. I was like, I was like, yeah. what? I just got eliminated in the second round of the playoffs with LeBron and Anthony Davis. Like, and I was like kind of mad because I skipped um five of the seven games, and there's no possible way they would have beat me if I actually mm-hmm. played. So after yeah. that, I said, okay, I'm playing every game. I, I'm not gonna skip any games. Never again. Never again. Never again. Wow. I learned my lesson. Well, I learned my lesson. um, that I mean, here's the thing. If you just came on every single week and just talked about your season, then for me, I feel like I don't need to watch basketball because I'm getting I'm getting like the all the best bits in general just from your descriptions. I'm sweating over here. <laughs> I love it, man. I mean, I'm I'm so deep, and I'm almost like uh, the first time uh, recently. I thought I can definitely see myself jumping on PC for uh, mm-hmm. NBA 2K at some point, you know, and just go yeah. deeper because they, they on PC I've seen people do insane things, like they created the bubble, you know, so mm-hmm. there was no fans and things of that nature, and it, it was uh, it was insane. So I, I know we're getting close to the end of the show, and so I, I definitely want to make sure I mention this, mm-hmm. uh, not to uh, go out on a sad note, but tomorrow is the one-year anniversary of the tragic helicopter crash that claimed nine lives, including Kobe and Gigi Bryant. And mm-hmm. so growing up in Southern California, I, I'm obviously, you know, the Lakers are were in my DNA and I grew up in the Kobe Bryant area. So I was a, a huge, huge fan. Anyone that follows me on Instagram, they'll know every day on my Instagram story, I post a picture of him and mm-hmm. as like a tribute and I've done it every day since um, it's happened. So I just felt like I needed to bring that up and, mm-hmm. and, and say that, uh, you know, a year later, it's still so tragic uh, it's still a shock. It's still every once in a while hits me like, I, I can't believe that actually happened. Um, and my heart goes out to the other seven, uh, the families of the other seven passengers who, uh, mm-hmm. you know, um, also are, are still grieving a, a year later. And, and the strength that Vanessa Bryant has shown, uh, I also follow her. And, and if anyone has, you know, followed her over the past year, she's shown an incredible amount of strength. My heart goes out to her. She's an inspiration to mm-hmm. so many people. Um, and yeah, I, that's just something I, I wanted to bring up. Um, you know, it's, it's sad we didn't get to watch Gigi grow up and become a basketball star herself. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, you know, just uh, rest in peace to all nine of the yeah. sad, uh, the 
people that perished in that helicopter crash. Yeah. Do you remember you where you were when you found out? I mean, I probably would have been, I probably, well, I guess I would have been at the, at work probably. Um, but I, it was like one of those things that just didn't feel real. Like it was like, mm-hmm. no, that doesn't, that's impossible. That there's no way that could happen. And then it's like, no, it is. And you're like, I don't think so. And it, even to the point, you know, you talk about the impact and that people, you know, involved in that horrific accident, like have like it, their, their, their impact is so widespread that I, I almost forget that it happens. Like I for I forget because it's like, no, no, they resonated so much in our lives that it just, even as me, like not even, I, I didn't grow up with like that being someone that I was constantly looking to for admiration. You know, I always appreciated the, the work that Kobe did in and outside of the ring, but like, it's just wild. Like it's, it's crazy to think about the crater that, you know, pe- people's passing can leave, but it says something about how they live their life, you know? Yeah. You know, Muhammad Ali uh, just had a birthday. And one of my favorite quotes of his is, uh, don't count the days, make the days count. So that would be one thing that I would just, a piece of advice that from him, I would pass to everyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, make the days count, man. Uh, live your life to the fullest every day. I know it sounds, you know, cliche and cheesy, but mm-hmm. uh, you definitely cannot take... Um, any days or hours for granted. And uh, just to swing a uh, pivot slightly from that, because I did talk about Gigi and how I was looking forward to her becoming a, uh, you know, basketball star herself is one thing that not a lot of people do, uh, do talk about and something that I definitely think should be covered. And, and so the first thing I would do is mention on this show is that the women in professional basketball are very underpaid. And most people need to bring that mm-hmm. up. And we just, I want to put it out there because they are criminally underpaid. They're professionals. They deserve to get what they deserve. So mm-hmm. let's, let's, it's time for men and, and everyone to start speaking out on these types of situations and, and, and make sure that in the future they get what they deserve. And that's all, that's all there is about that. (laughs) I, that's, that's, I 100% agree. And that's awesome of you to say, I completely agree. Um, I, I, I don't really, we, we only have a little bit of time left on the show and, uh, and there's no fun way to pivot, but I will say in terms of making everything count, I I do want to talk a little bit about dynamite and making uh, making the opportunity to get in the ring with Cody count for someone who I don't think I I don't think I mean anything to, but someone who I've been a fan of for a really long time, uh, Peter Avalon, stepped in the ring with Cody, and you know everyone thought it was going to be a wash, everyone thought it was going to be you know just a just a, a stomp down drag out but he he held his own he held his own and uh you know you some would say they were surprised by that performance but not me um peter avalon for me i i same same as when i would watch you uh in local local southern california wrestling i watched him pp ray uh ray rosas uh was uh someone he's he's actually the my first professional wrestling match my only professional wrestling match um, he, uh, he walked me through that in a lot of ways. Uh, and then I proceeded to lose to him. Um, but, uh, regardless, he's, he's a, in my opinion, a very, a force for good, uh, in the Southern, Southern California scene. He's great. And, uh, I almost trained, I was mentioning before the show that I almost trained with Peter Avalon 
Um, and uh, the timing didn't work out because I think it was about when he was going to get pulled up for AEW. But then you mentioned you also have a Peter Avalon story as well. Yeah, uh, Peter's special. He's one of the good ones. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I always thought he was special from the very moment I saw him. And I actually helped train him. I got, uh, I went and started helping a couple of my friends that were running a wrestling school. And this was close to the beginning, maybe the middle of Peter's training. And so I've, immediately I saw something in him from the start. And as arrogant as this is going to sound, I saw a lot of myself in him when Mm -hmm. when he trained in the sense of like he was a really skinny kid, Mm -hmm. but he was really athletic and he picked up on things so, so fast. And that's how I was. And Mm -hmm. immediately I thought, okay, this this guy's going to be really good. I can already see it. He's going to be good. He's going to make it. And so I, uh, from the very beginning, wanted to do whatever I could to help um, get the most out of him. Mm -hmm. And I look at him every single week and, and I'm blown away. He's... He's great on the mic. He's great in the ring. He's so underrated. I don't know if the fans really realize how good he is, mm-hmm. but I know I've been backstage many times and, and I've seen really good wrestlers backstage, you know, like Kenny Omega or something, look mm-hmm. at, at Peter when he's on the screen and say, this guy's really good. Mm-hmm. You know, or I've, I've heard a lot of guys backstage say, this guy's really good. Yeah. And anyone that gets in the ring with Peter knows he's really good. He's so like just smooth and, and, and simple, easy. Like, um, it's hard to describe it in, if you haven't actually, you know, like ever been in a ring for mm-hmm. anyone listening, but like he, he just gets it. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I'm so happy that he got the, the opportunity to wrestle Cody on television, which is a huge match. That's a lot of exposure. I hope it's just the first of many. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, you know, once you, you start training me, I hope you feel the same way. You know, about, you know, kind of my athleticism, my potential, my ability to grow a mustache, maybe not as much. Um, but uh, but yeah, that, <laughs> I just thought that was a really funny coincidence. I was just happy for him in general. And uh, and then you mentioned that you trained him. And then we could the man you could have mm-hmm. been like my my training granddad. I don't know how <laughs> you trained. You could have trained the man who trained me. Training grandfather. I don't know if I, make I you feel know, old? Being called, like I guess that yeah, it makes me feel a little old. You know? <laughs> I got a little bit of gray in my. I'm starting to get a few grays mm-hmm. popping up in my beard. Yeah, which is crazy because I, I and I swear this like the night before my 36th birthday, I had zero grays in my beard. Yeah, and I went to sleep and I woke up the next day and there were grays. I don't understand it. People think I'm joking, but mm-hmm. like overnight, overnight they just popped up, and so I don't want to be called anybody's granddad you know gray in the beard though gray in the beard maybe grand zaddy grand zaddy yeah yeah grand zaddy that's a good nickname (laughs) dude you could have been my grand zaddy um (laughs) i don't want you to call me that (laughs) sky will you be my grand zaddy okay off that note (laughs) <laughs> yeah on that note um yeah so we also saw uh the inner circle uh they uh they had their self a pretty wild three-way tag team match uh jericho and mjf no surprises for me i mean the thing is there's there's a certain experience i love the contrast of jericho who has like so much experience and mjf who's so young but they work together so well like I'm really excited to see more from them as like a tag team. Yeah, MJF is like a young Jericho, mm-hmm. and I don't mean that in the sense of like they're similar as far as like 
characters or that sort of thing. But like, if you go back and you watch Chris Jericho 20, 25 years ago, you watch some video of mm-hmm. him at WCW, he always had it, you know, like he always had yeah. that like swag. He always, uh, he always had that, like he was great on the mic. He was always great in the ring. And he just, you just knew there was something about him. I remember being a little kid just watching him and I was like, I don't mm-hmm. like, and he was essentially kind of a, like, I don't want to be disrespectful. He's almost like a jobber at the time. Mm-hmm. He lost like almost every match. I don't want to call him a jobber, but like yeah. he lo- every match I saw, he like lost. But I was like, this guy's awesome. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I was like, this guy's great. Like, I don't, I don't care if he loses. Like, he's great. Like, he's, mm-hmm. st- he, he would lose, and I'd still think he was better than the other guy. And it, and that's a testament to how good Chris is. Yeah. Because he he's able to, uh, what I like to always say is is win by losing. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes you you win by losing, sometimes you lose by winning. Yeah. And he he he's he's always made himself a star. He's always been fantastic, um, in and outside the ring uh, on the mic. He's just great, um, and MJF has that. MJF has that. Like MJF could lose matches, and, and he's not going to lose any steam. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he can talk, he, and he's like twenty four or twenty five years old. So he's got, hopefully, you know, barring yeah. any injuries or anything like that, a long career ahead of him. Yeah. And I I wouldn't be surprised if you know another twenty five years from now when he's fifty, uh, people are looking at him as like the way we look at Jericho now. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, I'm excited to see more of what they're gonna do. Um, any other any other thoughts, Cody? Uh, we're still waiting on more Shaq news. I feel like that's still what waiting we're... on more Shaq, man. Still yeah, waiting. I'd love Snoop Dogg to come back too because, like, I would love for you and Snoop Dogg to team up because the, the Splash Brothers. Jump, yeah. Well, except that <laughs> let's see, we'd have to move. We'd have to move the person more towards him, which means I'd have to jump. We have to jump at the same time, right? It's a double, I don't it's think moving towards him flush. is going to be a problem. Yeah, it's going to go towards him, but that means now I need to cover three fourths of the ring to get over uh, there. So it's going to yeah, be a point. It's going to be a thing. Oh no, do it on two different opponents. Yeah, I guess two we different could do guys. That. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just put two, two, one guy in the center and put one mm-hmm. guy like in the corner, and you'll be fine. Yeah, comparatively, I don't know how good that looks for Snoop Dogg. I don't know. I'd probably slip and fall and break my neck. I. What can you do? Um. <laughs> Uh, any other, any other final thoughts? I think we're kind of wrapping up this. I have one last thing, one last segment that I just came up with that I want to, I want to toss to, but any other, any other final thoughts before we wrap up episode two of wrestling with the week? Oh man. Hopefully there will be an episode three, you know, hopefully people like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I appreciate you guys for listening and watching. Uh, please again, follow WWTWPOD. That's the wrestling with the week podcast where you mm-hmm. can, reach out to us through that. Uh, obviously you can, you can follow us on our social media as well at Scorpio sky at James Willems feet. Mm-hmm. And, um, let's keep it rolling. Yeah, let's keep it rolling. Uh, make sure to subscribe to the podcast, wherever you get your podcast, if you want to listen on the go, but if you don't want to miss out on some of the imagery or some of the video elements that we might have in the show, you can always watch it on AEW's YouTube channel or roosterteeth.com. Now for the final segment called, I'm just calling I'm calling it just, why? Eric, why don't you hop on real quick and tell us what you're playing and doing in your face? Oh, uh, that was a, oh, that was a, now, oh, shit. Well, uh, now you have to do so, it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I usually have a mustache, so what 
uh, what I'm doing, what I'm in the middle of is growing my facial hair back, but this is how it grows. This is it. Mm -hmm. I haven't mm -hmm. shaved. This is like a week. So this is at, how it we're grows. We're looking at some scruffiness, in, uh, maybe a square-shaped scruffiness kind of. Yeah, that's face. just how it grows. That's it. I can't, yeah. I don't have the Grand Zaddy beard like Sky, but I've got, <laughs> this is what I've got. So I was thinking yesterday, I'm like, oh, wouldn't it be funny if I bleached it all like Scott Steiner and did like mm -hmm. the black in mm -hmm. the middle and yep. then i said that before we started you know just mm -hmm. to get everyone warm and like get people thinking in a direction and then you did decided this. i would mention it on the uh -huh. show yeah so would that it be way... funny or awesome i yeah. i don't know look at how this grows it won't there's i'm not gonna look like big papa pump i'm not uh -huh. even gonna look like little pd williams like i like <laughs> none of this is gonna be it's uh -huh. just gonna be this like bleach circle around yep. my mouth and a black stripe <laughs> that doesn't connect all the way down it's not Re gonna <laughs> reach out to us let us know should yeah. he grow his beard in like big papa pump or not let us know we should absolutely see it. And if it does happen, all the more reason to watch the video version of the podcast. Check it out on AEW. Um, thank you so much, everybody, for watching and listening. Thank you so much for everyone who reached out to us, gave us your feedback. This show is a work in progress. I think it's it's more a, it's a snowball gathering momentum. Work in progress has a negative connotation. Um, but thank you all so much. Uh, special thanks to Sky. As always, it is just a blast always hopping on every single week and chatting with you about everything that goes on. Eric B is your hookup. Holler what? if you hear me. <laughs> oh God, that's like he's just gonna he's gonna clip that audio and then listen oh to God, it like, as at, like with the rain sounds that people go to bed to. Um, <laughs> thank you guys so much for everything, and uh, we will see you next week. Push through it all, you the one, you the one, do it all. You the one, do it all.